Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Seriously, if you want to relieve stress, go to the Word of God. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's just so weird, isn't it? Yeah. People say stuff like that. I apologize for it. Are you kidding me? Let's all do baptism. And I have a little pool here and we'll all feel nice and relaxed. That's baptism. No, baptism is a sacred Christian rite. All the various yogas are sacred Hindu rites. Wake up, America! It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. The campus of Kennesaw State University is jumping today. Actually, I don't know that for a fact, but I do know that's where Todd is today. Well, I'm back here in the studio, so that must mean it is Wednesday, a Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I am Jimmy Hicks, and of course, as I said, Todd and team are out on campus at Kennesaw State University, so let's get out there with them right now. Todd? This is the man who's going to be the president someday. Dude, you are like the most effusive friendly guy i think i've ever met on campus i appreciate that where does that come from oh god i'd have to say just uh growing up my mom and dad that little we grew up in macon so we were always a little social butterfly down there that southern hospitality you know southern people do talk a lot have you noticed especially my family listen if you ever were to survive a thanksgiving with my family or christmas I mean, you'll leave out of there with your ears ringing and yeah, it's a, it's a grand old, but here's okay. I I love the sweetness of it. I actually come from Minnesota and right up there. And they, they say that it's Minnesota. Nice. It's not, you know, what nice is when you move to the South cause y'all are friendly. Like using that y'all there that I got better at it. People used to laugh at my y'all, but it's gotten, it's gotten a little more natural for me, but here's what gets me though. Here's my problem though with some of the Southerners. You'll be standing, waiting for a bus or something. Hey, how you doing? And they tell you. Oh, I got roped into this one here. You'll be sitting there. And you can't get out. Yeah, that's the bad thing. You know those people. Oh, absolutely. My mom's one of them. <laughs> I was about to say, I know exactly who that kind of person is. So here's 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 what I've, I've figured out. Those types of people who get you into their web just so that they can talk. You jump in, somehow you get a word in, and they're like waiting for you to finish. They're not listening to a word you say. Just be done so I can get back to talking. Let's focus back on me here. It's like, this is (laughs) who's important in the room. Yeah. So what I've determined is when I identify those people, at some point, you're going to have to break it off. So you can either do it later or you can do it sooner because somehow you're going to have to because the body like this sort of, hey, well, listen, it was really good talking. It doesn't work with those people. And that's your mom. Yep. <laughs> so now I know where you got it. Okay, so you grew up in Macon, the Bible Belt, yes? Oh, yeah, absolutely good. I went to First Presbyterian down there. Uh, okay, so here's what I'm interested in. You're a pres- You're not a Presbyterian, are you? I'm not, no. I, I knew that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm Christian, if that makes sense, but I don't like any, den- I guess you say non-denominational. So what are the distinctives do you remember about being presbyterian versus non-denominational i really have no no. when when were you going to church as a kid as a presbyterian uh well at the school so um we would always have chapel and everything it was a presbyterian school yeah first presbyterian and you don't know what a presbyterian is i went from there from what until fourth grade and then that's when we moved up here so but now you're a non-denominational christian how come um because I feel like uh, the overall scheme of things, it's just 
I think it's more important just to focus on Jesus's message. And it's not really important to me as to how you worship or what goes along with each section of the Christian uh, religion. But I think just the overall message of Jesus Christ and how you should treat other people unto others is really the more important overall aspect of being a good Christian and also um, just a good person as well. I'm not totally surprised, but you are not like bashful about talking about this stuff. No, absolutely not. I mean, I think a lot of people um, are scared or, you know, I think will be feared or judged when in actuality it's <laughs> religion is what's driven the world for thousands of years for tens of thousands so i mean it's a normal aspect for people and uh i don't think that is what is felt that it's normal anymore all right so carter let's do a role play we're gonna do a, dr a drama here okay. okay i met you uh, I like golf. You like golf. You are an outgoing, likable fellow. And then you tell me that you're a non-denominational Christian. So here's my question, Carter. Would you please persuade me to become a non-denominational Christian like you? See, I don't, I wouldn't want to persuade someone to. But I'm asking. For me, though, I, I feel like it's not my business to try and get someone onto my side even though I feel like they might not be wrong or whatnot. I think everyone has a right to believe how they believe or worship how they believe. Even if it was a Muslim or, a, you know, a Jew that I was talking to, I, was, I still wouldn't try and, you know, convert them like that. I know that spreading the word of Christ and everything is very important, but um, I don't feel as though it's my place. I, I would hope to one day be able, not one day, but I would hope that it would not offend someone have you know i do talk to them about christ or whatnot you know all right now I, i'm telling you i won't be offended i'm asking you you're a nice guy you're a christian tell me why i should become a christian uh why you should become a christian i'm seeking let's see um why you should become a christian well i feel as though that uh, the christian religion um as well as other, you know, aspects of religion, they all grow, derive from the same kind of basic message, you know, and they differ very. Um, but I think that, that the message through Christ and the death and resurrection, and um, if you read the story of the New Testament of how Jesus wants us to treat one another and then the, the almost parables of how we should live our lives, there's a lot that you can derive from how to be a person and a good one because i think the main message is to treat other people and love other people and not love yourself solely and then that the world will is beneficial to revolve and to be a happy place if people do not focus about themselves and would give other people the love and time of day and no hate that there is in this world i you know i don't know really how to say it you know for me it's just i've always grown up christian and i've always grown up with jesus in my household and so for me it's really no other i don't have any aspect of another point of view and that's why theology is something that i've always loved 
to study because you learn of the different origin stories of Islam, of Judaism. And I mean, they, you know, the same for Christian, but with the New Testament. But it's 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 so let me t- let me just tell you what I just heard then. So I'm trying to glean yeah. your persuasion of me that Christianity is about loving other people and the world will be better for it. I, you know, I in a perfect <laughs> in a perfect society, I mean, you know, that's all nice to say, but you know, that's not how things really work. Um, Can I just? I got to interrupt you and tell you something. Yeah, you said you're going into sports management. Uh, yes, I think I think that's the wrong field for you, dude. <laughs> well, I was, sales. You got to get into sales. You'd kill it. That's uh, well, and so it's business marketing with minor sports management. Okay. So. I'm, I'm torn because I love golf so much that I want to do the business aspect of golf and sell Callaway golf club. Say go, then well, that's the thing though. So I'm telling you your commissions off the chart to the moon, baby. All right. So back to, sorry, I couldn't help it, but it's like, you're, you're like an animated, very rare these days, especially for a Presbyterian. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So let's flip the table here. All right. You're not a Christian or you're just Carter and you come to me and you say, hey, I hear you're a Baptist because I am. (laughs) And you asked me to persuade you to become a Christian. Here's how I I would go about doing it. I'm going to ask questions for a couple of reasons rather than like, you know, you're a sinner. You're going to hell. In fact, fact, it, it can be a little off putting. And second of all. When I, when I see, for instance, the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans, he asks questions to convict people of their guilt. In Romans chapter 2, I believe, he t- says specifically, so you people who say that you're good, have you kept all the commandments? Have you stolen anything? And he asks them a question. So I'm going to ask you questions like, Carter, do you think you're a good person? <sighs> You know, I'd like to think that I'm a better person than a lot of people out there, but I have my flaws. uh, And that's why I like to lean back on if I can help someone or do something nice for someone for the day, it tends to bring me right back on track, you know. So you're you're above average. So if God graded people based on their performance of goodness, what grade would he give you? A B minus. B minus. All right. Let's see how you score on a 10 point test of goodness. The Ten Commandments. You know, the moral laws of God. All right. So that you should love God, summarized with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, really captures the first few commandments. You can't make a graven image. That God should be your first priority. You shouldn't take his name in vain. Carter, would you say that you've accomplished? that and fulfilled those commands by always loving God, never taking his name in vain. And this seems like a good time to take a break. Okay, so it's not the best time to actually take a break, but it never really is. So a break we must take right now. You're listening to Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. 
Hey, thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. Have you been getting the monthly Wretched newsletters into your email? If you haven't, you should feel slighted and left out because you're really missing out. You're missing messages that are thorough and in-depth and cover a wide range of theological issues Christians are facing. You're missing updates on all the new things going on at Wretched. Updates on resource release dates, updates on upcoming sales in the Wretched store, and the most important update of all, Todd's haircut and beard trim schedule. And you're missing out on it all if you're not subscribed. But it's simple to rectify this huge mistake in your life. Just head over to wretched.org slash newsletter and get all signed up. Oh, and I forgot to mention, as a subscriber to the Wretched Monthly Newsletter, you're eligible to win free stuff. We give resources away every day here at Wretched Radio to our newsletter subscribers. So don't miss the free stuff. Wretched.org slash newsletter. That's wretched.org slash newsletter. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Well, Geneva was uh, married, but in her 20s, she had a one-year-old daughter at home that would interfere with her plans to go back to school, and so she was hoping she wasn't pregnant, but she was. Asked her how she felt about her pregnancy. She says, I don't want it, and my husband doesn't want it. She agreed to do an ultrasound, and she didn't want to take any pictures of the ultrasound, but she did look at it for a long time. And so we put it in the file, and then we started walking out of the clinic with her, and she turns to the nurse, and she says, do you have any referrals for medical providers? And I said, yeah, yeah, we've got a good doctor. You can go see him. Well, she went to him, and she chose life. Ultrasounds save lives. Would you please consider supporting preborn.org, providing free ultrasounds, and presenting the gospel to moms and dads $28 per ultrasound how many could you support each month please support preborn at preborn.org slash wretched well are you ready for another road trip of course you are just grab your luggage and let's load up okay not really you don't need to bring anything but maybe a pen and notebook for our next road trip to truth season two because it's here and it's available now at roadtriptotruth.org and i know you're asking how are you guys able to improve on the first season well we have all new experts and new lessons that powerfully counter all of the continuous assaults on christianity those assaults unfortunately wind up sidelining many youth and adults and so we're diving into topics like the gospel environmentalism abortion pornography agnosticism 13 total lessons as a matter of fact with new experts like pastor milton vincent dr greg gifford dr john street scott klusendorf jess arns and more road trip to truth season two it's on sale right now and don't forget about the study guide it's available as well roadtriptotruth.org or wretched.org slash road trip know your reformers John Calvin was a French pastor, an author of the Institutes of the Christian Religion. His writings and ministry made Geneva, Switzerland a hotbed of Reformed theology. His institutes are still guiding documents for Reformed churches across the globe. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back to Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks, and just before we took our break just a moment ago, we heard Todd talking with Carter, and Todd was walking through the law with Carter, because earlier in the conversation, if you remember, Carter gave himself a B-plus on the good person scale. So Todd has held up the mirror of the law to Carter, and so now let's see how Carter rates himself. All right, let's see how you score on a 10-point test of goodness, the Ten Commandments. 
you know, the moral laws of God. All right. So that you should love God summarized with all your heart, soul, mind and strength really captures the first few commandments. You can't make a graven image that God should be your first priority. You shouldn't take his name in vain. Carter, would you say that you've accomplished that and fulfilled those commands by always loving God, never taking his name in vain? Uh, now I'm a terrible person and I have taken his name in vain for sure. And, um, but my ever loving connection I have with God has never faltered. Well, we'll get back to that. All right. So you've broken three commandments at least. How's about honoring your father and mother all the time perfectly? <laughs> no, not perfectly. Oh, no, perfectly. No, no, I'm not perfect. That's all right, have you murdered anybody? I've not murdered anyone. Okay. However, Jesus said, if you call your brother a fool, you're in danger of judgment. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, then I will definitely be up for judgment. That's for sure. We're not, we're not there yet. We're not done with this drubbing. Adultery. No, I've no. Uh, well, oh, God. Well, yes, from how the Bible says it. But I'm not married. I've never been married, though. So, no. But you were you were warm. You were quoting something Jesus said. You've heard it said of old, thou shall not commit adultery. But I say, he was, so he was taking that commandment and he was amping up the heat. Look at a woman with lust. You've committed adultery in your heart because God sees beyond our actions into our brains and our thinking. So I'm guessing you've at least committed adultery in your heart. In my heart. I've Yes. In my heart, I have stolen anything. I have stolen stuff. Yes. Have you ever, uh, We, I think lying would be another. Have you ever told an untruth? Yes, of course. Yeah, I have, for sure. All right. What about coveting? You know that commandment, coveting. thou shall not covet. When you um, see somebody and it's like, I want that. I want that. Almost be a je jealous type of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, of course, for sure. Okay, so summary. <laughs> so well, it ain't sounding like a B minus. It's definitely not a B minus on this one. Uh, so if you get an F, let's say you get an F, what grade do you need to have to get into heaven? You know, I, in my heart, I feel truly deep down that to get into heaven, um, if you want to say that, you know, if you truly, if you love and you try your hardest and I know that's a, a big word, try your hardest, but actually attempt to be a good person and a good Christian. You know, we're not all perfect and we do those things, but, you know, Jesus said that as long as we do love him and accept him as our Lord and Savior, that we will be greeted in heaven. So let me just let me just press on the the thinking that if we try to do good, that that's that has some value. Imagine if I got pulled over, I've got a stack of speeding fines. I get brought into court. Oop, they look up the record and I've broken all kinds of laws. But I said to the judge, I'm trying, I'm trying. And I've learned lessons and I you know what, I'm not gonna do it again. And I do some good things for some people. What's the judge going to tell me? Uh, well, you know, judge, it's <laughs> the judge. Uh, I can't say what I know he'd say, but he'd say trying's not good enough, technically. Because you're guilty. You're a lawbreaker. All right. So let's say you die. Your number comes up because yeah. God calls it. 
And he opens up the books on Carter's life. And he knows exactly how you've done in, in keeping his commandments. All right. So would God say Carter is an innocent man or a guilty man? Based off, I mean, you know, you'd have to say, I think a guilty man, you know, I, you know, and I recognize that it's, you know, that's, I'm not perfect Christian. And that's one thing that, of course, you know, people struggle with. I struggle with, you know, um, but that's what we all, I think, strive for is to be a better Christian and closer to God. I think so. But trying again, here, use that word, trying. Well, you have to do, you know, and doing is, I feel like, with your actions. I might have taken the Lord's name in vain, but I've also, you know, helped little kids who strive to play golf out of East Point, Atlanta, get golf clubs, and then, you know, be able to have facilities and help kids in need. You know, I I, I don't know. You know, I, I'm trying to I, I, I Yeah, see, I get, I get that sense. Yeah. Uh, because I think we all have that intuitively. If I just try to do good, I'll make up for it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I'm watching the Muhammad Ali special on PBS. Have you seen it? Ken Burns special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's really love boxing. Ditto. Just and watching him just glide through the ring was just Beautiful. amazing. And he said at the at the end of the four part series that he said service to others is the rent we pay here to have a room in heaven. In other words, if I do good here, that's paying for my 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 position at the table, right? Do you agree with that statement? I think I do. I I I feel because I feel like that's what Jesus Christ wanted us to do here on earth is to help others. But I would I would go back to let's just say now you're in court, an earthly court. And you've broken laws, whatever they happen to be. And you said to the judge, but judge, your honor, down at East Point, I helped some kids learn how yeah. to play golf. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's not, it's, it's might get a little finger clap there. Maybe. Mm, yeah. But he's going to say, that has nothing to do with this. You're guilty. You're a lawbreaker. So you stand before God. The books are open. Every thought, word, deed, right there. And he knows it all. The problem, Carter, is I get an F2 and so do you. And what we need to get into heaven isn't a B minus. We need an A plus. Okay? We need to be perfect, but we're not perfect. And I deserve it. You deserve it. Those guys deserve it because we break God's laws. He should punish us because that's what justice demands, right? Now, Carter, this might, um, this might be a piece of information might actually change the rest of your life. I think you know it, but I wonder if you've kind of put all the pieces together, right? I just opened up God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, the standard by which you will be judged and found wanting. And God, because he loves righteousness and holiness and goodness, he hates evil, he hates lust, he hates lying. He must punish lawbreakers, and he's going to. There will be no cold cases with God. Every criminal is going to be hunted down, called to give an account, and be sentenced. And it's a big place called hell. And that's the highway that we're, we're all on. But God is rich in mercy. He's kind, and he's good. 
and he desires to save sinners. But consider the tension we've got right now. God has to punish lawbreakers. He desires to forgive them. What has God done so that he can legitimately forgive a guilty criminal and not be considered unjust? What has God done so that you can be just and justified? What has he done? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For those who believe shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It's really judicial. The, the Christian religion is very legal that there's going to be a day of judgment. The books will be open. God is the judge and he knows everything and we're guilty criminals. But God sent his son born of a virgin to live under the law, which he always kept to redeem those of us under the curse of the law that we might become the righteousness of God. So here's how Christianity at its core works. You get down wind from yourself and instead of thinking I'm better than average, you realize in God's eyes, doesn't matter how I compare to other folks, in God's eyes, I'm in hot water, but he's good and he's kind and he demonstrated his love by dying for us while we were yet, not good people, while we were yet sinners. And because Jesus took the wrath of God upon himself that he didn't deserve, and because Jesus led a perfectly righteous life, God is willing to take that mercy and that righteousness and give it to you so that you could be seen not just as forgiven, but as righteous. Jesus wants to give you his A plus so that you can be forgiven. That's the gospel. Okay, so my question for you, Carter, I'm being as earnest as I can be because I care for you and I would I would love to see you in heaven. The forgiveness of God is available right here. Not your good deeds, not trying, not your works, your good deeds. What needs to happen for you to get in on that? Time for another break, of course, at another unfortunate time. But hang tight, Carter has heard the gospel, the full gospel. His reaction to it? Well, that's coming up next right here on Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, we start today with even more proof that woke typically winds up equaling broke. We first told you last year that DC Comics thought it was a much-needed and wonderful move to make a new Superman comic where Superman would be gay, or bisexual to be exact. Well, now after several months to evaluate the reaction to the change, I would argue that it was a failure. Not based on loud tweets and social media support, but based on actual sales of the comic. You know, the reason they're produced to begin with, to sell to people. When looking at the previous Superman comic series, the number one edition in that series sold roughly 120,000 copies. The first edition in the new Woke Superman comic series sold just 68,000 copies. That's a pretty big gap. And the third issue in the new series sold only 34,000 copies. Of the top 50 DC comics at the moment, 48 are Batman books, according to folks who study this kind of thing. Again, Woke usually always winds up making a company go broke. 
Well, a new bill introduced this week in Communist California would allow for youth ages 12 and up to be vaccinated without parental consent. The bill was introduced by Senator Scott Werner of San Francisco. And it's so dangerous on so many levels. When you start taking parental rights away from parents, it's only going to lead to more disregard and more disrespect for authority. You would actually think this would be counterproductive to the totalitarian thinking the left is trying to impose, but they typically don't tend to think past what they want today. A Christian politician in Finland is facing possible prison time for affirming the Bible in a tweet in 2019. The trial is set to begin soon, and the Alliance Defending Freedom has said that this case is extremely vital in Europe and around the world. A conviction would set a new low bar for free speech standards and would also push to criminalize the Bible. Four Christians were killed and 22 girls kidnapped in Islamic extremist attacks in Nigeria last week. The girls were reportedly all ages 10 to 13. Nigeria led the world in Christians killed for their faith last year, and they trailed only China in the number of attacks on churches. And as we tell you nearly daily here at Wretched, please make sure that you are intentionally and purposefully praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Important dates in Christian history. 1727. A spiritual awakening at Hernhut, Germany, launches the Moravian Brethren as the forerunner of modern Protestant missionary movements. This 300-member group sent missionaries to Asia, Africa, North and South America, and the Arctic. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we return to Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Hey, I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio as Todd and team are out on campus at Kennesaw State University. And Todd has been chatting thus far with Carter, very pleasant young man who has just heard the gospel, the correct gospel. So what will his response to that be? Well, let's find out now together. It's Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. That's the gospel, okay? So my question for you, Carter, I'm being as earnest as I can be because I care for you, and I would I would love to see you in heaven. The forgiveness of God is available right here. Not your good deeds, not trying, not your works, your good deeds. What needs to happen for you to get in on that? Um, I have to... I have to actually act as a act more as a Christian. You know? It's too late. You haven't. So you got all that guilt. You need that guilt. You need your case dismissed. What has God said you must do in order to be a forgiven, righteous human being? Forgiveness. Yeah, the word is repent. You, you turn from your sins, but that's a, but asking is just a part of repentance. Repentance is more because I can go, you know, I can hit you in the nose and then go, hey, Carter, I'm sorry, and do it again, right? Man is, okay, yeah, exactly. To do it, recognize you do it, and never do it again. Exactly. And, and because we know that we're going to do some things again, repentance isn't really about perfection, but it is about a new direction where it's like, you know what, the stuff I've been doing, it's been an offense to God. I don't want that anymore. Instead, I want him and I want his mercy and I want to be in a relationship with him. And you put your trust in Jesus Christ. 
And it's not a mere mental assent. Like, okay, I got it. Check. You said you like to study theology. Check, check. Here's what Jesus said. And I want you to translate this. Unless a man sitting on a bench at Kennesaw State who loves golf and Muhammad Ali, if that man wants to inherit eternal life, he must be born again. What does that mean? Uh, to be saved, like be baptized. Okay, well, baptism, baptism is something that we're commanded to do after we've been born again. But baptism doesn't get you born again, okay? Because that would be something we do to get God's forgiveness. What is you, the two words, born again? Noodle through that. What does it mean? To, um, I guess, live a new life as accepting Jesus Christ into um, taking control and fully surrendering yourself to Christ. Yeah. And that word surrender, I think you're really, really warm with that because being born again indicates a death has to happen. And I think that death comes from the Apostle Paul said the law killed him. When he, he thought he was a Pharisee and a good guy, trying really hard compared to everybody else. But when he looked into the mirror of God's law, it killed him. And he realized, I have no chance. I have no hope. I cannot please God. I'm done with my efforts. You die to yourself and then you put your trust in Christ. He makes you alive in him. And then you go about the business of being obedient, not in order to try or to be good, to earn God's favor, but because God's favor has already been earned for you. So you do it out of sense of delight and not mere duty, although we do have the duty. And our whole life then becomes about living it in alignment with the God who died to save me. So that means you can go into business or sports or become a professional golfer. It doesn't mean you go to a monastery, but it means now you get how the universe works and what the big point of it is. All right. So, Carter, are you born again? Um, yes. Uh, I've personal stuff that I've gone through. Uh, yeah, I've I've gone through something the past this past year that actually, um, it, it changed my it changed my life. Um, so it's I used to not be like this. I was the one who was scared to talk about religion in the open or almost be ashamed and say, I'm Christian, you know, because in today's time, people are, it's different. But, you know, had you come up to me a year ago, a year and a half ago and said this, I would have told you, no, I was a totally different person. And I'm still working on it um, and living my life in a different way through Christ uh, because it's a whole new way for me to live. Um, and so the, I, I don't need to know the details, the, the traumatic thing that happened. My, my encouragement to you would be, be careful how you noodle through that, because sometimes we can have something bad happen and go, you know what? I don't like this feeling. I don't want this anymore. I need to get on a different path. But that has nothing to do with being born again. Um, to be born again, uh Yes. I mean, I, it wasn't necessarily like this path thing that it was you're talking about. It was, you know, uh, it was something else uh, that really, it, you know, you where it, you live your life 
through through Christ in a way of you know it's I don't know I don't even want to I so may may I yeah. just press on you a little bit Carter all right when somebody's born again they have gotten downwind from themselves mm -hmm. and it smells real bad and that's that's a part of being born again you get low you get humble before God you realize without him you've got no shot at this and it's not a rock bottom because you ran out of money or friends it's because you realize I'm a really bad sinner and so the individual who has really been born again who's repented put their trust in Jesus rightly understood and maybe there's a reason you said this but if if they were asked what grade would God give you they'd go immediately absolute F like the worst F in the history of F's I would get it and I know what it means to get F's so it's like that's what I deserve that's that's the attitude of a Christian who's really gotten it so when you said B minus it it just causes me to be a little bit concerned that maybe you haven't gotten to that point yet uh yeah well um <laughs> yeah so uh I man yeah i could tell you yeah i i you know i have um indeed so you know i mean you know i i <laughs> so yeah you know i mean i almost died uh and i went through a really bad thing early on in my life you know with addiction issues and so for me you know i i died and I wouldn't be here if I feel like it wasn't for God. So, I mean, it's hard to talk about, um, but he saved my life. And so, yeah, like I said, if you would have <clears throat> asked me a year and a half ago, for sure it was an F. But I feel like I'm trying now. I can tell you beyond the shadow of a doubt, it was God who saved your life. Do you know, what? know why I know that? Because you're sitting here. Yes, sir, indeed. He holds our life in his hands. And if God didn't want you alive, you wouldn't be alive, but you are. And that aligns with something that the Bible says about the reason we live, that God has prepared works for Carter to do that we need to step into, that we need to walk into. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it was, it took me, you know, it takes god you know you look back and you go why did this happen and you have all these reasons um that you have this bad stuff happen to you but once you get through it you realize that god put you through that so you can come out on the other end as one of his soldiers yeah he'll he'll squeeze us because he wants to uh reveal what's in there and change us so you're you're theology on that is is correct carter can i encourage you to maybe consider yet another career opportunity absolutely yeah. i'm I'll definitely be interested in anything Dude, you're a totally likable fellow and it it just it seems to me that you can still be going to sales going to golf what have you but man if you put your energy toward sharing what god has done for you with other people you could be a powerful witness. And I mean, that's a uh, beauty of uh, things like AA is doing that, um, going and 
I'm sorry. I'm um, just going and sharing your story and just seeing the miracles God has worked in not just my life, but everyone else's. And you realize that God is, oh, is a beautiful. Mm. Carter, like the majority of us, seems to have had rough patches in his life. But his chat with Todd, it's not over just yet. Hang tight, hang with us. Stay tuned. We'll continue with more next on Wretched Radio. So there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're going to go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare, Affordable Biblical Health Sharing, has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong, sharing one another's healthcare bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare. It's New Year's resolution time. But before you make yours, I have a different type of challenge for you. How about instead of resolving to be a better person this year, you instead commit to leaving a legacy for Christ. And one surefire way you can do just that is by becoming a monthly Wretched Gospel partner. Currently, Wretched Radio and TV is seen and heard on nearly 1,000 stations combined worldwide. The second season of Road Trip to Truth has just been released with season Season 3 in production, solving the God puzzle on its way to 1 million copies distributed and transformed. Our latest TV series highlighting biblical counseling is set to debut later this year. We're striving to reach people all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we're only able to do that with the support of our gospel partners. So would you prayerfully consider joining us? Just log on to wretched.org slash donate to get all of the details. Wretched.org slash donate. Let's go to Eastern Europe for yet another great story coming out of the Tomorrow Clubs. Andrea was left by her mother when she was three months old. The Tomorrow Club director decided to pray for this girl and she repented. She used to be a sad looking kid. Now seems like that smile never comes off her face. So many kids are abandoned by parents who need to go to other countries to make a living. They donate their organs. They leave the kids. They are lost physically and spiritually and the Tomorrow clubs finds them they teach them the gospel they help them to memorize bible verses they even will help them with their family lives it's a magnificent ministry story after story coming out of eastern europe 30 dollars a month 30 disciples tomorrow clubs is the ministry would you please consider supporting a club of your own tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched Books of the Bible. Ephesians was written by Paul to the churches around Ephesus. It is about who Christians are and how they live. When we are in Christ, we are made alive, reconciled to God, and united with other believers in the church. 
If you are struggling in your walk with Christ, perhaps it is time to revisit what Christ has done for you and who you are in Him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And welcome back to Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Well, thus far, we have had the privilege of being a fly on the wall and eavesdropping on a conversation between Todd and young Carter, a very outspoken young man who has no problem speaking about Jesus, which is not something that's commonplace these days. So let's get back to it. Let's return now to Carter and Todd as they continue chatting on Witness Wednesday. Do you have a Bible? I do, yes. Do you read it often? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. There's certain passages that I always keep. Um that are highlighted in my thing that I go through. And I, you know, if there's certain occasions, you know, there's different passages for different emotions and stuff like that, that you can always look through. And, uh, but I will say I'm rambling because I'm realizing I don't read it actually how I should read it. So, I mean, of course I've read it and, um, but it was a long time ago when in a time where I guess I felt like I didn't want to have to read it. Do you understand it? I think the Bible is easily understandable, but I think a lot of people overcomplicate it. Yeah, did what do you, if you had to pick the theme of the Bible, the big story? What is it? Um, you know, it, it's almost what you would call is the hero's journey, um, where you have this person who is. You know, throughout history, you know, you have the hero's journey that is present in a lot of stories uh, where you have a person who is um, born in, outcasted, have to fight through uh, trials and tribulations to overcome and then become almost a savior aspect, you know. And but uh, I think that's kind of the overall theme. But I mean, you're talking about uh, the Bible, which is not just that one thing there's so many stories in the bible um the overarching i guess thing that you could try is just is get down to it would be just how to i guess treat people and to 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 overcome uh situations in life that aren't favorable through uh the strength of god let me pick up on a word you said it's a there's a hero story you know what i would actually agree with that but maybe not for the same reason you tell me why you said that genesis says god created the heavens and the earth everything put two people on the planet and he gave them one law and he knew they were going to break it and sure enough they did and and the consequence of sin is death the payment for sin is death it's it's death is what you've earned for yourself and so the human race dies right both temporally and if you will eternally because we're at war now with god but right away in the garden a couple of things happen god said here's the consequences sir you're going to act like this madam you're going to act like that you're going to feel pain work is going to be frustrating all the time in other words there's effect effects from this fall that you took But then the third chapter, verse 15, it says that there is going to be one. God said, somebody's going to come and they're going to crush the head of the serpent, but his heel is going to be bruised. I think that's the thesis statement of the Bible, because remember, it was the snake that tempted them. 
And God promised somebody's going to come and crush that and put an end to sin and death. And that's what the rest of the Bible is about. Who is it? Who's the hero who rescues us? That's that's the theme of the Bible. So then we read about stories like the children of Israel were in Egypt and God brought them out and brought them into the promised land, which, by the way, is a picture of the Christian gospel. We're in bondage. We can't deliver ourselves. God does. And he brings us into the promised land. Little picture of the gospel. There's all kinds of those in the Old Testament. Um, for instance, when Adam and Eve sinned, they were naked and they realized it. And they went to cover it up. You were naked, is that? Right. And so they covered it up and something, a detail is inserted. God gives them skins to cover their shame. Hmm. In other words, the first animal that was ever killed, the first death, was God sacrificing an animal to take the skins to cover up the shame of his children. Wow. Fuzzy picture. Yeah. That's interesting. There's, there's a lot of those. Do you remember the story about Abraham and Isaac? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of, frankly, weird. Yeah. Well, like, wait a second. God tells him to kill his own. To test his faith. Exactly. Yeah. It did test his faith, but there's more to it. It was a picture. Because here's what happened. The boy, the son, the only beloved son of the father was going to a sacrifice and he was forced to carry the wood. He brought the wood up for the sacrifice to burn it up to God. And Isaac said to his dad while he's walking to the sacrifice, he said, where's where's the lamb? And Abraham said, God will provide the lamb. They get up to this top of this hill called Moriah, which most people believe is the very place that Jesus Christ was crucified. And right before Abraham almost kills his son, God stops him. And another detail in the Bible is that there wasn't a lamb available. There was a ram. So they sacrificed the ram. Is it to say the lamb hasn't come yet? The lamb sacrificed hasn't come. So we see this picture of a, of a father with his beloved son almost taking his life, but he doesn't. But there's a promise. There's a lamb to come who is going to be sacrificed. Yom Kippur, a lamb would have its throat slit so that the blood could be the the purchasing of forgiveness or at least a picture of it they had to kill an animal they had to have an unblemished lamb live with them for a short period of time put the blood and then death would pass over do you know who john the baptist is uh it was jesus brother cousin and when he saw that's all right when he saw jesus he said behold the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the world all of those stories were fuzzy pictures, suspending the tension, leading us ultimately to the one who would crush the head of the serpent, Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible is about. It's thematic. It has one point. It's driving to one person. You read the genealogies, those maybe those boring sections in the Old Testament, and you go, well, what is the, what is the point of this? Matthew starts with a genealogy. Because there was one promised who would be greater than Moses, who would be of the tribe of David, who would be a descendant of David, who would sit on his throne forever. And we see that Jesus Christ comes through that lineage. The Bible is pointing to Jesus. So, Carter, when you go to read your Bible, there are definitely rules for us, things to learn, how we should behave. But that's not the big point. The big point is Jesus Christ. So go looking for him in the Bible. Read about it to get to know him better, 
because that's what that book is there for, so that you can grow in your love for God, be strengthened in your battle against sin, have a right understanding of life, and then find yourself a godly woman, get married, raise up godly children, and go to heaven. Absolutely. That's the, that's the dream. That's, yeah, that's, that's the dream. Yes, sir. Dude. Hey, very nice meeting you. You made my day. Hey, well, I appreciate that. It was great to sit down and talk with you. You know, I feel like uh, this was not out of the blue. I feel like this was for a reason. And it's mysterious. It works in mysterious ways. And I'm, I'm just kind of flabbergasted that this happened. So this is... <laughs> this was kind of wild. I'm glad you're alive. Yeah. Because of God. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm on a good path now. So I've, I, I've had that that's gone. I've learned a lot from that part of my life. And, you know, I just try and live every day in the moment and enjoy sitting here talking to you having the sun beat on my face. Look forward to playing a little golf later on. And, you know, I mean, it's a great day. It is a great day indeed. All right, dude. Real pleasure. Thanks so much. And that's a sentiment I will definitely second. Indeed, a pleasure hearing that witness encounter. Carter, a very, very likable young man. Do I think he's saved? Uh, It's tough. You know, from what we just heard, I I will say this. He definitely has all the pieces to the puzzle. Has he connected all of the dots just yet? I really don't know for sure, but I can say that I'm certainly going to be in prayer for Carter, and I hope you will be as well. You know, I'll tell you, it's really important in conversations like this, encounters like this, that knowing proper theology is so important. And don't misunderstand what I'm saying. It's not absolutely mandatory, certainly not. The only thing mandatory is the gospel, because that's what saves. The gospel is what saves. But I promise, if you will take some time to brush up on your theology, you'll be better prepared, you'll be better equipped to face any questions or any uncertainty from anyone that you happen to encounter. And so here's my recommendation. I recommend that you consider grabbing a copy of Drive-By Theology from the Ratchet Store. That's not just a cheap plug, honestly. Todd and Steve Lawson have compiled an excellent resource. It really is. 35 lectures. And they cover almost any theological question that you could possibly think of encountering. They're really short lessons that you can listen to on your drive to work. It's a CD that you pop in your CD player and you can listen to these just in the time that takes you to drive to work. And it helps you brush up on your theology. So when you encounter people, maybe like Carter, who have all of the pieces maybe just not in the order that they need to be in, or you face some other theological questions that you might not necessarily know the answer to, Drive-By Theology can definitely help. So consider grabbing a copy from the Wretched Store at wretched.org. Well, that's going to put another Witness Wednesday to Ben. A really, really encouraging day today. Actually, it was so encouraging, I'm already looking forward to next week here on Witness Wednesday. And we have more Wretched Radio tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that as well. So make sure that you come back here tomorrow for more Wretched Radio. And until then, until tomorrow, go serve your king.